Welcome to In Supportive Families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is a diabetic coach, speaker, and children's book author. Diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of two, Amanda Barr has known life no other way and is thriving 30 years later. She's chosen to give back to those that are battling blood sugars like her daily. Fifteen years ago, Amanda made a commitment to live a healthy life. She lost 40 pounds and maintained a 6.0 A1C ever since. The additional beauty that came from this transformation was her seven steps to balancing your sugars and lowering your A1Cs and a passion to coach diabetics to live an extraordinary life. She also has a diabetic alert dog named Suga, who alerts her when sugars get too high and too low. Since so many people wanted to know more about how these type of medical service dogs worked, Amanda wrote a book called Battling Blood Sugars, One Sniff at a Time, where Suga tells the story of how he was trained works and takes the reader on what it's like to be a diabetic alert dog living with a type 1 diabetic. Our ultimate goal is to inspire and help diabetes and diabetic families to keep living the sweet life. Amanda, welcome. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. So honored to be on the show. Thank you. I'm impressed with your background and I want to learn more about what you're doing right now. Yeah, so, you know, we launched the book in 2018, about midway through the year, and since then, we've been building programs, and what I've been doing basically is connecting with community and a lot of social media. I know a lot of the families and and especially the younger generation are on social media, so I've been right now posting videos and tips and different ways to inspire diabetics that are obviously living with this and battling every day these sugars and sometimes feeling just alone. And, you know, like I said, my passion is to really be there for them and let them know, hey, I've had this for 30 plus years and guess what? You're going to be able to do it too. And you're going to be able to live an extraordinary life and, and diabetes doesn't control you. You get to control it. I love it. Yeah. So in addition to that, you know, the seven steps, I'm going to give you the top three, uh, just some some take-homes maybe for the families listening. Uh, number one is to believe in yourself. You know, the the thing with diabetes is it's, it's 24-7 it, and it doesn't stop. I actually call it the diabetic coaster because <laughs> some days it might be chill and easy and some days it feels like you're doing loops and, and high, high, you know, going super high and dropping super low. So one of the things that I really say about, you know, riding this diabetic coaster is one, believing in yourself that you can actually do this. Everything about diabetes is about managing and maintaining and the believing in yourself just gives you that strength that, hey, you know what? I can do this. I can do the steps. You know, the, the interesting thing about diabetes is that we don't cause it. And, you know, it's kind of hard when you have something and you get something that you didn't cause. And you didn't choose it, and it wasn't anything that you had any say about. And coming up with this idea of believing yourself really, and for me in my life, gave me the strength to say, you know what, even though I have it, I can do a lot. I can, I can do anything I want. 
And um, so one suggestion I have for believe in yourself is write two to three statements about how you believe in yourself and your ability to take care of yourself. And even if that's like, I'm a rock star, you know, I'm a diabetic, you know, battling blood sugar fanatic, you know, anything that makes, makes you feel good about yourself, those are the believe in statements that you need to remember, kind of like affirmations, to put them on the wall to say, yeah, I can do it. Uh, number two is commitment. One thing I noticed with my diabetes was when I was younger and in my teens, you know, I was struggling with it. And I was like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, you know, why do I got to take care of myself? I'm going to eat whatever I want. And when I got to college and I was living on my own and I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't take care of myself, who is? If I want to live a long life, I better get committed to my diabetes and committed to living a healthy life. And, and if so, then I am going to live a long time. And it was like something transformed in me when I got committed to my own health, not my mom, you know, giving me shots and my dad telling me, you know, asking if I checked myself. It was really my choice then. And I, and so what I suggest diabetics do is make a list of what you're committed to in taking care of your blood sugars. And that might be, I'm going to check myself daily. I'm going to, you know, make sure I monitor how much I'm eating. I'm going to, you know, watch how much I'm taking of insulin and, you know, whatever that commitment vibe might be for them, they have to make that for themselves. So, and the third thing that I think would be really helpful, and I'll just give the top three, or, right, I have seven steps, but the third one is daily wins. Now, this one is super fun because in diabetes, my goal is to be in range 75% of the time, which I've done for quite a long time. However, the daily wins is what helps you in those little increments. Because if you look at one day, it could look crazy. And if you look at 90 days, it actually looks really good on an average basis. If your blood sugars are, you know, going up and down in a day, over 90 days, they start to even out. And you go, okay, what I'm doing for the long haul is making a difference, even if I have one, one crazy day. So daily wins is what can I do every day that would help me with my blood sugars. Maybe it's, I'm going to really try not to go below 80 because I know if I go too low, then I'm going to have to correct and eat and do these different things. So building in at least one to two, maybe even three daily wins that you know you can do, that you can win every day and you can feel good about it. So those are kind of my top three. I love those. I have a, a grandson with type 1 diabetes and those times when I would be watching him he would come and stay at my house I just remember you know appreciating how difficult it is to keep it within a range so setting that goal and meeting it that's huge 75 percent of the time to me that sounds very impressive yeah you know and it and it feels good I think that when you start to see those little wins come through especially for a type 1 like you know, I mean, I'm one that I get excited about a lot of things, but for putting up a goal and hitting it in your diabetes, man, it's so much fun. And, you know, I think that you, diabetes doesn't shut off. You know, like you, you said, your, your family member that you're thinking about it 24-7. So if you're thinking about it and you actually get wins and you get to celebrate it, now it doesn't become a drag. It becomes, how can I do some more cool stuff with it? Oh, if I got to 75%, could I get to 80? Like, is that possible? What if I even 
shot it up and tried for 90. Oh my God. Would that be like, could I get it? Um, so now it makes it fun to see what can I do with it and how far can I go? I actually, um, never thought I could run a long distance. And for those diabetics out there and families of diabetics and worried about exercise and how can I do some of that stuff? Exercise has been my best friend and I didn't know I'd be able to run a marathon, but actually I have a, I wear a device that allows me to monitor my blood sugars and I actually trained with my service dog Sugar on running and I was able to run my first marathon a couple of years ago and I thought, well, that was good. I did it once, but could I do it twice? Sure enough, ran a second marathon last year and you know, there's a group called Type 1 Run and they're all type one runners and they're just an amazing group of inspiration for people that are, you know, thinking that, oh, could I do something that's beyond what is the norm for a normal person even and have diabetes and do it? How exciting is that? That that is exciting. And so much more positive. I, I think sometimes we when we think of type type 1 diabetes, we think of restrictions, what they can't eat or what they can't do. So I love this, you know, this message yeah. of, you know, they can do anything they want. Yep. Yeah, you just got to monitor and manage and make sure that you have, have the backups. Always, you know, have a, a deal of juice or some kind of sugar in a bag. And when, wherever I go, no matter what, I always have some kind of sugar backup. And then I always bring extra supplies because you never know when something's going to fail or, you know, you might need extra insulin. So, you know, just knowing that if you can plan for it and you can do it, um, you're unstoppable then. Now it's, now it's game on. What do I want to do next? So yeah, I bring, I bring the positive to it because you know, if you've got it for your whole entire life, you got to have fun and you got to, you got to enjoy it. I think that's uh, my, my daughter and her husband have done that with their son. He, he plays football. They've, you know, from when he was diagnosed at a, at four, they've reminded him that, you know, he can, he can control his attitude about it and, and it, it certainly makes a difference. I, and I love your seven steps. Now, yeah. And I, I had not heard before of a diabetic alert dog. I was interested. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you had one? Um, so I got sugar back in, it's been about five years now. And to be honest, I didn't know that diabetic alert dogs even existed either about six, seven years ago. And my husband was actually looking online and came across it and said, have you seen this? So I said, oh, my God, there's dogs that can let me know and my blood sugar goes out of range. That is so cool. I want one for sure. And so we looked all over the United States. There's different training facilities uh, throughout the U.S. Sugar came from Texas, and um, they have some here in California where I live. And it's just finding a, a good facility that, one, you can potentially go meet the trainers, go see what they're doing. I would say be more involved. I was so far away from his training that I, I wish I would have been closer. He came out great. Um, we still had to work on stuff. With a service dog, I would say it's, it's a lifelong commitment for that as well. Now, diabetes can be its own battles. And a service dog is great, and he lets me know, and he's literally saved my life a few times where I've 
didn't feel like I was low. And he's like, hey, I'm like, you need to check. The way sugar works is everything is actually based on smell. So he can actually detect by smell if the blood sugar goes too high or too low. What I found out that the high is actually more of a sweet smell, which they say when diabetics are diagnosed, it has a sweet smell to the breath. And when it's low, it's, it's kind of something vinegary because through t- trials and tests, we figured this out. And what he does for a high is he'll actually paw me. And when it's too low, he'll nose bump. So he'll take his nose and bump it on my hand or my leg or my side and let me know. And if I'm not paying attention, he's going to jump up and let me, and, you know, and that's another indication that, hey, something's going on. You need to check. And this could be any time, any day, even while driving in the car, I might get a paw on my shoulder because that's how he knows how to alert in the car is to paw across and hit me on the shoulder that I can then, you know, check and see where I'm at. And that's just fascinating that, you know, yeah. that well-trained. Did you have to drive to Texas to pick him up? <laughs> we actually flew out to Texas and went down to the facility. We trained for a weekend and actually went through the process of how to work with a service dog, how to walk properly. I had to learn how to, you know, walk with a dog that heals at your side and and how to interact with him and how he works and how to how to work with him if he starts to not work because there are times where, you know, it's a, he's a dog. So you have to continually work on the scent training and making sure he's alert whenever things are out of range. Uh, so we spent a weekend and then we packed him up and we actually, our first big trip was flying him back home. So, and that's when the adventure started. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, it sounds like kind of a, a big expense or, Are these alert dogs expensive? They're expensive. You know, I I wish insurance would cover them, um, but they do have a lot of different devices out on the market now today that that insurance does cover. So they think the dogs are like an additional, like if you want to have a dog, then they can definitely help with your diabetic management, but it's not a necessity. So insurance doesn't actually cover it. We had to come out of pocket we paid around ten thousand. I've seen them as much as twenty five thousand, but they go on average for about fifteen. Is what I what I've seen. This sounds like a good opening for a nonprofit. I can see <laughs> some really good benefit. You know. I know, I know, and there's so many. I saw when we picked our dog up, there were there was actually a, a diabetic family that had a baby. The baby was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and they got the dog because the baby had no way of indicating, no. hey, I don't feel good. So they got the dog to help them alert. And then I saw even somebody that had diabetes longer than I, and I've had it over 30 years. Uh, this gentleman, he's probably had it for maybe 40 years. And he said, you know, I live on my own. I would like to have additional help because I don't have somebody else around. And whenever I'm out and about, you know, this would be great to have just in my diabetic management. So you could see the the spectrum of baby to kids to, you know, uh, to youth, people in the, their high school ages got them. I will say it's kind of hard in the high school range and college just because you're you're always on the go and there's a lot of people. And it takes a lot to, to keep the dog focused and to keep people from always interacting with the dog. So um, the, the person that wants to get one and the family that wants to get a diabetic alert dog, I would say definitely do your homework. Make sure this is going to be a good fit and you're ready for everything that comes with having a medical alert dog. 
Yes, and I'm sure it is no exaggeration that these dogs can save your life. Yeah. And I think we're getting enough information out to the general public that service dogs are not to be petted or, you know, they're, they're on the job. I know. And he's so cute. I mean, he's so adorable. And I think every service dog is like extra cute for some reason. And, and people look at me and obviously I have a, a patch on his vest that says not all disabilities are visible because I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. I'm a pretty girl and they, I don't look. There's a stigma of that you've got to look like you're disabled to have a service dog. And I think this is one thing about diabetes that's beautiful is nobody would know I have diabetes unless I told them, no. or unless I was wear, wearing something. So to have a service dog, we kind of put ourselves out there as, hey, I've got something going on, but people don't really think I do <laughs> because I don't look like it. And I think that that's one thing that is, you know, not everybody, there are other disabilities that are out there that are not visible. So there is a education that needs to happen in just the community in general that people know that disabilities don't need to be visible for you to have a service dog to help you out. That is so true. And I love the energy in your voice. So it's not surprising <laughs> to me that you're also a speaker and a coach. Yep. yep. And how do people contact you? Yeah, so we've given a few links. I think the, the best way to contact me is there's one link that it, it allows you to schedule a time to talk with me. So if you'd like to learn more about the coaching program, what we offer, what we're doing, uh, definitely go there. If you want to check out our website, it's battlingbloodsugars.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's uh, we're battlingbloodsugars. Definitely get connected with us. And, you know, if I can answer any questions, be a connection. Uh, just so you know, you're not alone that, you know, I've had diabetes for a long time and, and I would love to be able to just, you know, share and connect with those out there. Thank you so much, Amanda. Valuable information. Yes. Thank you so much again for being on the call. And as I say in all my ending of all my videos, keep living the sweet life. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> all right. You too. Take care.